We aim high, we aim to rise And every vision that's real is analyzed Till every fight in my bones has been applied Every thought I'ma lose will be denied uh, Dedicated to the cause I'm back, I'm reborn That's facts, now take back what's yours Rose from the floods With From one all breath, that family and to all my unfortunate supporters I just want to let you know that if you're listening you to this podcast On any of the podcast stations You can also watch it on YouTube at 143 Speaks Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share I'm actually doing an episode with the mother of my child because I want to shed light on co-parenting. I think that me and her have developed over the past few years a very um, a very special bond, more so, and an understanding of how we're going to raise our child. And it wasn't easy in the beginning. So I think, and I thought that it would be a good idea to have her come on to the show so we can kind of like just talk to people and give people advice on how to co-parent. Just because you're not with the, the your partner, just because you're not with the mother of your child, just because you're not with the father of your child, does not mean that you guys cannot get along. So I want to talk to you guys and I want to start this podcast um, episode off with how me and her did it more so. How we put our differences to the side to be able to co-parent and to be able to raise a healthy, non-energetic young man because he doesn't like to do much. But um, how we basically... Put our differences to the side so that way we can co-parent. Um, just to give a little bit of back context. Matter of fact, I- I'll let her do it because I don't want to do too much talking. I want her to be able to vibe because she's a little nervous now. Um, but I want her to be able to vibe during the time that we're doing this podcast. So I want to welcome you guys with- without further ado, Miss Helen Lambert, my baby's mamas. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Don Jones, for so, having me. I'm going to face this way. Um, because it's very difficult to sit on the couch and do a podcast. That's the reason why I normally have chairs, so that way we can face each other. Next time okay. we can have chairs. So for the guy, the people that, that are out there listening to the podcast on any of the podcast stations, we're in Mrs. Lambert's house. She invited me to her house, so that way we can do the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, she is very nervous. She did express to me that she's very nervous. And I told her, I said, listen, we're recording right now. Nobody can see you. Worst thing that can happen is you say something crazy, <laughs> and I can use that against you in the court of law and tell oh you that I'm going to put... Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, let's just get down to business. So, first off, let's answer the basic questions that we know that everybody's going to want to know. How long were we together? What did we break up for? How did we meet? And all this other great stuff. So, I'll let you pretty much start it off with the how did we meet. So we met through a mutual friend, and we end up becoming more than that uh, further along the line, which then... Obviously, because we have a kid together. <laughs> I mean. And then we had a kid together. Um, we were fairly young in our 20s. Um, well, I'm older than you, but we were still in, the tw- in our 20s still. Um, and then everything lifted up from there. We had a son. Um, we were together for about seven years before everything just... Ended. Um, Elijah was four. So, because she's being very modest right now, let's dive a little bit deeper into that story. It was a mutual friend between the both of ours that pretty much invited us to a birthday celebration of our God um, child. We share a God daughter together, so that's pretty much how we met. Seen each other a few times, really never paid much mind to each other. Um, but then once we became the godparents of this beautiful young lady... Um, we wound up seeing a lot more with each other and, and, and started planning pretty much on how we're going to be godparents. 
one thing led to another where we was hanging out a lot um, with each other because um, she was trying to court me. Um, <laughs> we, we started hanging out with each other a lot. And um, one thing led to another. Um, and it led into, uh, obviously, a sexual relationship and then us being in a relationship with each other for seven years. So that's how we wound up meeting each other. That's how we wound up getting with each other. Where did things start going bad? We had different, um, I think, mindsets. Uh, and our focuses weren't on the same page. We knew that we wanted to be with one another. But I was definitely, I came from a different household, different culture. Um, I think you were a little bit more free-spirited on how you may have handled things. And I was stubborn. I was young and stubborn. And I think that's what kind of led to the friction within the relationship, which led to us not, you know, being together. I, I think that's one of the, the, the main things. And I speak about this with other people, too. And it's not just you. Is that when two people get into a relationship with each other, they make plans with each other. Right? right, but they don't plan for the growth that they're gonna make outside of the relationship. So, meaning, just because you're in a relationship with somebody doesn't mean that you're not gonna have your own separate growth. Right. So, we're making these plans for the future together. We're planning together, but there are things and the successes that's gonna have that we're gonna have separately. And when that starts to happen, I think that's where a lot of the communication between couples tend to fall off. Because it's like, okay, now you have somebody that's accelerating in the relationship and the other person is just staying there. Right. So it's like it's hard for them now to communicate with each other and it causes a lot of friction. So I think that that is very important that you said what you said because it's about the mindset. One, we were younger. Two, we really didn't have the basics of, one, where we were going with the relationship. Two, you, we, we and I say we because it wasn't just you, we got pregnant pretty fast. If I remember correctly... We hung out with each other and everything, mm-hmm. but as far as a relationship, I believe you got pregnant within the first 28 days in September because we found out September 28th. Right, but we established that we were in a relationship before we actually... I, I don't. I can't we, recall that. Yep, I don't recall yes, that at yes, all. Yes. Don't recall that. Absolutely <laughs> not. I don't recall that. We definitely sat in a relationship before we decided to actually, you know, get pregnant. Well, you know, as things went mm-hmm. along, but it just didn't happen. It wasn't like, oh my God, we, we engaged and now... Um, when I say engaged, meaning we had intercourse and now here we are with this baby. Wait a minute. I popped the question before. Well, it wasn't like a, a marriage. Like it I want to marry. It was a promise. It wasn't an engagement. It was a promise ring. Uh, it was a promise ring. There's a difference between an engagement ring and a promise ring. Well, it was a promise ring that I would be the best man that I possibly could be <laughs> in a relationship at the time that I was in there. Right. That's what that was. Well, your promise was an engagement for the future. Yes, it was. Okay. All right. So now we, now we got down to how we met with the relationship. So I, we'll give them a little bit of context about the relationship. So we had a lot of um, we had a lot of differences within the relationship. Um, I wanted to be a family man. I wanted to be in this relationship. I wanted to just be able to come home to a family, wife, kids. One, I don't think I ever asked you if that's what you wanted. But we started playing house pretty much, if I remember correctly, before our son was even born because we were more so involved and hanging out more so with with your younger siblings. And I believe that that's kind of what connected us more because you seem like, okay, this dude is a family-oriented man. Right. So the question that everybody's going to ask because they want to get down to the nitty-gritty is, why did we break up? 
We had um, more so, again. Uh, Can I rephrase that question? <laughs> Why did we break up and how did we break up? I think the how is a, is a little bit, the how comes into details more so. And I think maybe we should just focus on. <laughs> My podcast show, you're not going to control this right here, buddy. You're not going to control this right I'll, let me Let me explain it. Let, let me explain it, all right? Listen. I'm a free spirit. I like to communicate with people. I enjoy people. I like to see the good in everybody, no matter how bad the situation or the person is. I'm the same too. She more so thought that I was a little bit too friendly, especially with females. Now, back then, am, am, I, am I lying? No, because it's a, that's All right, so, so, let me, so that's what I'm going to talk about I'm, the back then to compare to now. Great, right, I'm agreeing. I'm so agreeing to what you said. the back then compared to now is back then. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a mindset of, okay, you know what? I'm going to be the family man that I'm going to be, but I'm still not going to change my personality. My personality of me being nice to people, being nice to females more so because that was like the biggest problem in the relationship. I didn't think and say, okay, if I'm calling another girl one beautiful, I'm calling another girl um, and I'm and I'm asking her for advice, you know, that the person that I should be doing that with if, is her. And if not with her, I should be more aware and respectful towards her feelings about me reaching out to other females. So cool. That was my young boy um, stage. That was where I, I made my mistakes. I'm, I'm now, it's now coming back to me. Yes. I'm glad you kind of like put that out there because yes, you're right. Those are one of the things that really bothered me. I felt like I wasn't the enough person for you as but it is like you said, you're that free spirited. You want to see the best in everyone. But as a female, I did not appreciate you trying to comfort someone else, even if it's just a, a female that probably was going through her own things. But I'm like, this should be something that's at home. I'm I'm your comfort. I'm your conversation. I should be your everything. But to me, it was just like you were giving away that piece that belonged to me. You know, which is which is which is a hundred percent understandable. Like I said, boy mindset to a man mindset where you're understanding that sometimes when you're in a relationship, not sometimes, but when you're in a relationship, you have to understand somebody else's feelings. That's one. It was also a sense of me feeling alone in the relationship because we both had two different mindsets on where we wanted to be as far as a couple and a family. You were more so of you like to go out. I was a homebody. I like to. I would like. I like. I did like to party, but obviously, when I had a child, I had to stop. But you like to go out. So there was a number of factors that played a role, in. Uh, and I don't want to overtalk you, so please tell me to shut up anytime. So no, I mean, and I still do like to go out. That's just within my nature. That's what I like to do. So. Well, that's fine because I ain't got no say over that last <laughs> one. <laughs> but I'm just saying. You got to add to to our son because he's the one that questioned you all the time. I know he does. But it's, 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 it's important it, to me. It was, it was, family was important, but I just didn't seem like we were, it was out of eye. So anyway, to make a long story short, so we're not going to get too deep into it. Um, I just came up to the, to the conclusion where I said, you know what? This is not working. The argument started to become a little bit, um, just a little out of control. I felt like we were more so losing each other than getting closer to each other. So I wound up leaving the relationship. Well, we wound up coming up to a consensus 
I just want to believe in a relationship. I don't even think it was an agreement. I think I was just like, yo. Eventually, it became an agreement. Yeah, eventually it came to agreement. I was ready to leave the relationship because I felt like it just wasn't... <laughs> I felt like it wasn't growing anymore. I just felt like it wasn't growing. Oh, boy. So, fast forward. Now I move out. And it's about me continuing the relationship that I had with my son. Which <clears throat> wasn't very easy in the beginning because I remember me picking him up one time and he cried. And I remember I'm driving down the Bronx River Expressway and he was crying the whole ride since I picked him up from her all the way down the highway to the house. And I had to call her up like, listen, I don't know what's wrong with this kid. Yo, he, he keeps crying. She tells me to bring him back. And it broke my heart because I felt like although he was young and I know that he really wasn't too much aware of what was going on, but it made me feel like in a sense like, okay, I'm going to wind up losing him as a son because I'm no longer with his mom because he doesn't want to be with me. He wants to be with his mother. Mm-hmm. So as a father... That kind of made me a little standoffish, making me want to still be a part of his life, but not push it onto him so much because I just felt like I wasn't who he really wanted. He wanted his mother. So there was a lot of differences that me and you had because I started to grow a little bit of envy for you. One thing that we did agree on when we broke up was that whatever differences that me and you have, it would never affect him. him. So... I want to get your version pretty much on how you think our co-parenting actually works now. Because there was a sense where, there was a time where me and you were not in a good space with each other. Right. And I'll tell you why we weren't in a good space. Because we were still trying to focus on possibly making the relationship work. But the differences between us, we never sat down to kind of like um, depict it and say, well, Let's work on this just to see if this can work out so we can, again, become a family. And I think it was like we were in two different places many of times where I was like, you know what, maybe this family can come together. And then it would be like you would think otherwise, like, you know what? No, I already feel like I've given this a a chance and didn't work out then, may not work out now. And I was and it kind of like, you know, I had to come to the realization that, um, yeah. You know, that's what it's going to be. And I had to focus on mainly keeping myself together so I can be able to be okay for our son. Because women usually um, can mistreat their kids when their relationships don't work out, you know, to get attention from the other parent. Oh, you know, take your son or just have him dirty or, you know, don't give him, you know, the proper treatment or, you know, feeding him or, or just mistreating him. But no, I said otherwise. I have to love him. I have to, you know, pay him attention. Never did you ever pick him up and was he ever not, you know, well-dressed or, or had on the proper clothing for the weather. You know, I just, I focused on him mainly and I still do continuously. And that's one thing I always respected as you as a mom. You was a really, really good, you are a very, very good mother when it comes out to my child. But I want to bring it back to something that you said is that um, when the I've heard this saying in the past, when the mother's not right, the child won't be right. So that was one of the things that I kind of thought about too. Is like, okay, if I'm going to be that type of baby father, uh, father of your child that's going to be stressing you out all the time, that's going to be beefing with you, how is that going to trickle down to my son? And I think that a lot of um, couples, a lot of parents out there that co-parent, their hate for each other 
have became so strong that they can't even speak to each other. But one thing that you can't lose focus of is that the kid is always watching. If mommy and daddy are not doing good with each other, if mommy and daddy can't communicate, what is that teaching the child? Like, what is that teaching the child? And I remember us being in a space where I didn't want to talk to you no more. I was pissed off because I didn't understand choices that you were making. I didn't understand Mm -hmm. traveling arrangements that you wanted to go to. I didn't understand places that you wanted to move to. There was a point in time where you wanted to move out of the state. And I'm sitting here like, how are you going to take my son away? I was starting to get very envious. There was a time where you even moved on into another relationship. I mean, and and we haven't been together for a long time, just to give you guys a little bit of background. Um, I'm in a whole different relationship. She has a whole another child. Um, She's a single lady. I don't know if she want me to throw that out there now. She's (laughs) She's a single lady or whatever the case may be. Um, but we had had relationships, which we'll get on, we'll touch the topic on, how do we deal with outside people coming in to our co-parenting? We'll talk about that too and jump on that. But it was something that we really had to put our differences to the side. It takes a lot for you to be able, as a, and I'm talking from a man's point of view, and I don't know from a woman's point of view, but I'm talking from a man's point of view. It takes a lot for you to really shut your mouth and really think about what the other person is saying. The other person, one, that you was in a relationship at one point in time with, that you loved at one point in time, that you shared a bed with at one point in time, mm-hmm. that you attended family events. Yes. That's where I didn't understand is how we were, how we managed to do all of that stuff with each other. And then hate each other. And then hate each other to the point where we can't even have a conversation for the sake of our child. Right. That's not cool. That's not the way you raise a child. They're watching. Because you're stuck in your feelings. You're still, still stuck on that. Why why are we going through this? And really, I, I can't stand you for kind of like making me feel this way. The way I was making you feel kind of like blurred what was important or what could have been important. And this is when we eventually came together to say, you know what? This is what's important. You know, of course, we're not going to say, well, we broke up and then jumped into, oh, we're going to be great, you know, co- co-parenters. Oh, no. That's not the way it happened, you know. When we, when we and you split... um. My feelings that I had towards you, I was upset. I was very, very highly upset because I felt like you were the one that was the cause for the family breaking up. And even as me transitioning over into other relationships, it wasn't working out the way I wanted it to because, one, I felt like it was bad anytime I had any type of fun because my son wasn't with me. So, like, meaning if I'm going to go out on a date and have a good time and have fun, it, it, it bothered me because I'm like, how am I out here having fun while my son is, is at home with his mother or uh, X, Y, and Z or whatever the case may be. So a lot of that stuff, you know, bothered me too. When you when to me, my personal thing, when you got into another relationship and this is where we'll bring relationships into the, the to the conversation. It was like, OK, I, I know I've been in multiple relationships. You've been in some, but not as serious as the one that you got in the last time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, OK, now. I'm 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 growing into this 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 man this father. How do I now deal with the fact that there's going to be another man around my child? How is it that I'm going to deal with another man possibly giving instructions to my to my son? So that's what I'm thinking. But not one time did I say, okay, how is she feeling about another woman being around her child and possibly giving instructions? 
And I say instructions. I don't say demands or commands. I say instructions. Instructions such as, can you take out the garbage? Not go take out the garbage. Because you got to be real sensitive with the way you talk, Um, gentlemen. I want to let you know right now. Women are very protected over their cubs. So you got to watch your word. It's how you say it. It's how you say it. But see, I'm learning. I'm learning. So my thing is, from your point of view, how, how do you feel like we handle the anger? Because although we speak on the phone every day, we have conversations, my son hates the fact that we communicate so much because right. whatever I hear and I tell him, he knows it came from you because right. I never snitch on my son. She's a snitch. <laughs> but um, there has been times where it's just been like, yo, you know, like this girl gets on my nerve and I'm pretty sure vice versa. I mean, you you kind of like um, predicted it. You say we have one... Once, this once a year argument that makes oh, us feel yeah. like, you know, I'm done talking with you. But then we have to turn around and say, you know what, we can't do that. We have a whole child together and we just have to put our differences to the side. But how do you put your differences to the we, side? We, we have how conversations. How do you control our anger? I, we have we, conversations, but some of the conversations that we have can explode. Like, it's like hanging it up the phone. It it's can. like, it's like F you, <laughs> you know, never calling each other names like B and everything else. But sometimes, like, I think the last argument that we had, it yo, was it, was, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. And then it, it took really a few days. To, I really wanted to stop speaking to you. Like, you could have like, I, I didn't care. But then that's not true. I didn't care. I was upset. I was really upset, which took me to really not speaking to you. Then I realized I need to speak to you. You're the person that I speak to. You know, in in general, all about things, you know. So it kind of bothered me not being able to speak to you, but I just wanted you to see my point of view because nothing that I say towards how we're, you know, raising our son is is kind of like demeaning. It's more beneficial because he lives with me. I already know how he operates. This woman is a very strong-headed woman. If she does not get her way, her nose starts to flare up. She starts to get all upset and all high and mighty. I mean, she's the first guest on my show with a blazer. Let's be serious here, right? But it's true what she's saying, ladies and gentlemen. Like, yo, you really gotta take that anger and put it to the side for the for the for the grace of the kid. I know that bad things happen in a relationship. I know that people hurt each other. I know that there's cheating there's, there's all type of stuff. I watch Maury. I watch Jerry. I know what's going on out there. But for the kid's sake, you got to learn how to bury it. How do you bury it? I, well, the way I do it is I like to turn on the I don't care button when it comes down to you. And my I don't care button is when you piss me off, I say in my head, okay, well, I'll wait for her to cool off and then. I, I, I guess I'll talk to her. Yeah. And we'll say the words that we'll say to each other, which I like now. It's like, okay, you know what? Let's start the conversation. Talk to you later. And then we'll move on later on down the line and we'll have a conversation to talk mm-hmm. about it. But it does take a lot of you biting your tongue, holding back from the things that you're saying. When you're having a relationship with somebody, whether it's you in a relationship, co-parenting, friendship, whatever the case may be, what I want, what I want people to understand is sometimes you have to... Um, I, w- I don't want to say manipulate. I want to say you have to... You have to treat it as a business deal, right? So you're trying to get something out of the relationship that you're forming with somebody. You have to learn that person 
learn how to communicate them, communicate with them and learn how to interact with them. So what was happening with me and her, and this is from my point of view, and I, I definitely want to hear from your point of view, is that we wasn't on the level where we're like, I want to learn how to communicate with each other. We were on the level like, no, you're going to understand my point of view. I'm going to understand your point of view. And if we don't want to understand each other's point of view, then you can kiss my ass and keep it moving. <laughs> Pretty much. That That's what it was on. Yeah. And, and talk to you later. And I hope you got my message because this is how I feel. You know, that's what it was. But we have to be able to compromise and come into a middle ground and say, you know what? You feel the way you feel. But you've done this. You've done it where... You're upset at me, and then you go and you kind of like reflect on what I've said. Not to say that I'm always completely right, but you try to see where I'm coming from. She thinks from. she is, though. <laughs> because, again, nothing that I would ever say to you, it, it's not me saying, well, do it this way because I know Elijah best. I said, do it this way or try to do it this way because this will make him more comfortable. You know, this is how he operates. This is how he, you know... This is the makeup of him. This is how he is. So my next question to you is this. The parent that knows more. There seems to be a lot of that that goes on out there where there's a parent that seems like they know more than the other parent because the kid doesn't spend that much time with that other parent. And I would be that parent that the kid doesn't spend that much time with because he doesn't live with me. He lives with Helen. Mm -hmm. I see him every other week. He comes and stays with me for a week. Then she has him for a week. Then I have him for a week. What do you tell the parents that struggle with that balance or being able to communicate, right? So I'll give you an example. Let's say I'm that dad, right, that lives in Pennsylvania. Takes about two and a half hours for me to come get my kid. He sees you more, right? I probably see him maybe the last week of the month, every month, right? You obviously would know more about him than, than I would know about whatever the case may be. How do you communicate these things with the father, Without making him feel like, yo, like you act like I don't know my kid. Because you won't know him. If you're seeing him, let's just say, at the end of the month and, you know, you've you've let all this time pass by. Because, of course, you know, that's when you can take him. You keep that communication with that parent. Oh, you know, call. You know, check in. You know, what happened with, you know, such and such this week or this day. But I'm busy. I'm not that type of dad. I'm busy. I I can't do that. I can't do that right now. Well, then... Like, you want me to call him every day. I can't call him every day. I have a job. I have other kids I have to take care of. I have a wife I have to take care of. I'm not trying to say I'm pushing my son to the side. Technology, but, like, how's it going to work? Technology has allowed us that if you can't see the person face-to-face, you can use FaceTime. You can, you know, send a text message. Kids I don't want to be no FaceTime dad. <laughs> I, I ain't trying to be no FaceTime dad. Until you can actually see him because that interaction is important. You don't want to sit next to your child and your child looks at you like you're some stranger because that's what mm-hmm. it was going to be. Or they'll use you to say, you know what? Oh, my dad, every time I see him at the end of the week, he's going to get me that $80 game. Or he's going to get me, you know, that PS5 because, you know what? He sees me once a month. And in order to keep me, you know, his good grace, he's just going to, you know, just do things in a, in a, what do you call that word? That, 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 that was powerful. So, because I, I, I felt that at, at one point in time, I felt that, um, that because I didn't spend so much time with him, that I had to, um, I had to buy him everything. I had to buy him everything. I couldn't, I couldn't. Let him come to my house without buying him something because mm-hmm. I didn't spend that much time with him. Mm-hmm. 
what a way to compensate because you feel bad. Compensate, yeah, yes. you feel bad because you're not living there no more. So every time that he comes with you, you're gonna buy him something. Which in all reality, we can get tricked into thinking that's how fatherhood is supposed to be. But that's not that that's not that's not fatherhood. That's not how fatherhood mm-hmm. is supposed to be. Fatherhood is supposed to be you teaching and and bonding and spending time with your kid, not you just going out there buying materialistic things for them, and just being like, okay, you know what? Here's this. Go sit in the room. Go chill. Mm-hmm. No. You know, you, you got to really teach them and really get down there exactly. um, in their life. And and actually, you know, I know men can be at times very macho. Oh, you know, that's my kid. I'm not going to hug him. It's important to hug your child. It's important to show them that, you know, a hug doesn't make you a soft man. A hug shows them that, you know what, it's, it's a confident man. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows them that you don't always have to walk around, walk around like you're just a tough person. And... You know, I try to show him all of those things, but I always know that I cannot be the man for our son. You have to be that person for him. Do you think that a woman can raise a man? Only a man can raise a man. I feel like a woman can only do but so much for a man, a boy that eventually will, will be a man. I feel like a man should have some, no, not some, that half of that participation that is needed for that man that boy to grow up into being a man even if you're not a great man you know but some but you are a great man let me just say and i'm not saying that to say that that's what they say <laughs> that's what's trending out there in the social media say, world they're all saying i that. can only say that now because of the people that we are today of course when right. things were you know rocky i was like i can't stand him like really fake news <laughs> fake news i'm, I'm the but, best person out there fake news yeah but if you know, if you see our son, he is the resemblance of you and everything in the existence that you've created at this point, the relationship that you you hold with him, and he loves you to death, you know? Um, and, of course, uh, we, you know, a little bit of absence can, can kind of, like, destroy that. And I'm glad that you made sure that, you, you know, if you were a little absent once upon, once upon a time, you know that that's important not to be absent, to be present. I was, and, and I want to let everybody know that because I, I'm, I have no shame in my game. I have no shame in my game being honest with my listeners, being honest with the followers. At one point in time, I felt like I was an absentee father because I was not seeing him as much. It did have that. I want to give you guys a little bit of background about me. And one of the reasons why I try to be a very good father now, she could attest to this as well because her background is similar to mine's. I grew up without a father. I've, I've, the, the only memory that I have of my father is my mother holding on to one, one of my arms and my father holding on to the other, um, other one of my arms. And my arms was hurting so bad that it was burning. And when I recently, like about a year ago, I told my mother, I said, Ma, this is the only thing I remember about my father. And she said, how do you remember that? He was only four years old. Mm-hmm. And she told me that what was happening that day and the reason why my arms was hurting was because my father said that he was going to kill me. So he, was, he came to the house to kidnap me to kill me. And my mother was holding on to me for dear life. Yeah. You know? I never never seen him. Never never seen him after that. Never spoke to him after that. Yeah. But one thing that I vowed and I said is that I will never, ever bring a child into this world and and not be there. Because my my thing is is that the same house, the same phone number that he used to take my mother out on dates and to go pick my mother up at, it was the same way. The same way until I was twenty three years old. He could have always went back. He could have always dialed that number if he was interested in seeing That's me. True. And when I had a son, it became worse for me because my, my hatred for my father became worse for me because 
I don't want to say hatred. I want to say confusion for my father. But came a lot more stronger because I didn't understand the love that I was feeling for my child. For, for my child now. How I can feel that love. And he, there's no way he felt that love for me because he was never around. I can't picture myself saying, yo, you know what? I don't want to be a father no more. I'm just going to leave. Now, everybody I know is probably going to say, well, you didn't hear both sides of the story. You don't yeah. know what really happened. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, but he's not around to tell it. Yeah. So let me say that for you again. I didn't hear both sides of the story. I only heard my mother's side, mm-hmm. but he's not around and he didn't allow himself to be around. So that way I can hear that side of the story. But my vow is that my son will learn from me and he will hear my side of the story through everything. You came from a similar background where your father wasn't in your life. And I'm not going to tell your story. I'll let you tell your story. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. kick back for a second. I, I also, um, I had a father in my life till I was about one. And then my mom and him separated. And so I grew up without a dad. My mom has been everything and continues to be everything. And this is where I kind of get like my strong personality from because I, I've learned to be strong for myself continuously. And I knew that if I ever had children in my life and it didn't work out, I still have to continue being that person um, for myself and then for him. Because if I'm not good for myself, I'm not good for nobody. So, you know, that's why, you know, I, I'll always apologize for you thinking that I was just always this, you know, uh, big headed girl on a high horse. Because that's what you that, always. That, that's not the language I use. <laughs> that, that's not the language. We're not going to we're not going to demonize my, the language that I use. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were a bougie at right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's when you have, you know, the only thing you do have is to be strong as what else. I mean, I'm not trying to say I've never broken down and said, oh, my God, my life is over. But <laughs> what do you do after that? You get up, you dust off your knees, you know, after a nice prayer and you say, God, you know, just guide me. That is absolutely true. My last question, um, and it might piss a few people off. The excuse on the way I treat my child is because of the way I was treated when I was younger. How does that work? And I say it this way. I grew up without a father, but I choose to be in my son's life. You grew up without a father, but you choose to be in your son's life. You have parents out there that's been abused when they were growing up. So they grow up and start abusing their child. How is it that you create your own path for your child? I mean, as you were speaking, the word choose, right? But uh, I'm going to say choice. These things are choices. Um, A lot of parents bring kids into this world by choice. I mean, not to say that you shouldn't. Um, if you're not a prepared parent, but you know, when you bring this child into the world, you made a choice to say, I'm going to be a parent. The responsibility that comes behind it is even much more important than that, you know, because no one else is going to do it for you. Not unless you, you do have like the community or, you know, supportive factors within your life, but it's, it's a lot. It's a choice that you've made. It is definitely a choice. You, you made a choice to now be in your son's life, even though your dad is not there and vice versa with myself. We made choices. And, and we know that what better do we want for this 
child is no fault of his that he came into you know existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I, I, I listen. I agree with you. There's something that I want to do. I'm gonna step out of the way. I'm gonna get from behind the mic. I'm gonna step from behind the camera, and I want to give you exactly sixty seconds, which is one minute. Please, because I know you could talk sometime. Don't go into five ten minutes. And I just want to give you that one-on-one right now with my listeners. And I want you to just tell them the strength of a single mother. Because I know that there's a lot of single moms out there that's probably listening to this or that's going to listen to this. And one thing that I want them to know is no matter how hard it is, let me let me tell you a story real fast. And I promise I'll shut up. I hate when I do this. I always got to go into story mode. <laughs> I spoke to a parent um, two days ago. And Mia was having this conversation and she was telling me about the difficulties that she's having with her um with her child. She told me about how tired she was, how she goes home, she goes from work to home to having to clean, having to do this, and by the time she's able to put the kids down, she's had this little bit of time to get herself together and then just go to sleep, wake up, and do it all over again. No help. And one thing that I want to tell the parents out there, because I seen my mother struggle. My mother was a single mom. I remember one summer we only had shish kebabs and um and grilled cheese sandwiches all summer. That was it. You had the grilled cheese sandwich for, for um breakfast, you had the shish kebab for lunch, but my mother made it happen. And I want the single parents out there that's doing it alone, I want them to know that no matter what you are going through, no matter how hard it is, try. Continue to try, continue to work hard, continue to be that great mother that you are striving to be because the road is going to be difficult and hard, but I guarantee you that all of that pays off when you see your child walking down that aisle with that degree and it's going to be all because of the hard work that you put into them. So I want to take the time to move from behind the mic, move from behind the camera, and I want to give you 60 seconds with my listeners right now and just give them some advice on being a strong, single parent. Let me get out the way. You got it. (laughs) Okay, so being a single mom has its benefits and it also has its days where you're just like, this is a lot, right? So my strength comes from all the love that I get get back from my two kids, Uh, the smiles, uh, the compliments. My, My son is 13 and, you know, we have conversations and... My daughter's three and she's a dancer, you know, she loves, she, she just makes me laugh. She makes me happy. They both do. Um, being a single mother is a lot of sacrifice. Uh, a lot of, I have to go pick you up. I have to, you know, make sure that your clothes are clean. I would make, make sure to feed you. Um, and again, all these things are by choice. Um, I choose to be the mother that I am for my children because I love them. It's it's all an, an unconditional love. They're gifts to me. When they were born, I said, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for these two gifts because I know that, you know, they don't completely belong to me if you're a spiritual person. Um, my children are everything. Um, hence, where, you know, at times it's difficult to get into a relationship you know, because I always put my children first, um, because you don't know the person that may be coming into your household and, you know, how to trust that. So again, you know, my children give me life. They, (laughs) they're, they're, they're great, you know, so that's how I get my strength. They, plus they give me things to do. We go on vacations, you know, we have our weekends, um, 
they're very helpful too. They're little helpers to help you with the, the bags from the supermarket. Anyway, I'm being silly. But um, I just feel like my children are my strength overall. They've made me the stronger person than I am today. Almost. Was that 60 seconds? That was so, that was so nice. No, it was way more than 60 seconds. You see my hand over there and I'm over here waving you down, telling you like 10 more seconds. You see my damn hand. But Helen, I just want to um thank you for taking the time to come out on my, pod- my podcast show. We actually did a, a podcast for season one of Journey of the Mindset, but um I didn't want to use it because I didn't have the visual and I thought that the visual would be very important. So I want to thank you for coming on to the um, podcast show. I definitely would love to have you up here again. I'm definitely interested in hearing the comments that's going to come out behind this um this uh this podcast. Um, you're a single mom. You're beautiful. Where can they find you? Well, Instagram. First off, love. And um, that's where I'm at. I'm sorry. <laughs> That sounded so dead. Can you say it with some heart? Like you can find me on Instagram at one four three speaks. Aim high. Come on now, say it with some power. I can use your one four three speaks. I mean, they can find me where you no, are. No, 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 no. Use your Instagram, your social media, not mine. Yours. Uh, okay, so you can find me at at first self love on Instagram. What happened to your What happened to your brown sugar advice? Uh, I, mean, I mean, brown sugar was me back in the 90s, you know? <laughs> I'm still brown sugar, as you can see. She thought know? she was hostile and got her group back at one point in time. <laughs> thank you for coming on to the uh, podcast. I appreciate it. I hope to see you again. Me, Mr. Jones. I will definitely um think about um, security. Make sure you come right over here and get her away from me <laughs> as soon as possible. This act is over. Until next time, world family, if you fall, land on your back. So that way you can see the direction that you're going in. Les Brown said that, and I'm a firm believer. Who's got Peace. the guts to last? I'm in line next. Who's got the guts to pass? I'm coming direct. Who take against the class? Ain't no time left. Welcome to the journey of the mindset.